from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Right, here we go on a Tuesday. Willie's here, Cofield, Finley Toyota Studios. A busy day as we'll get into uh, what happened over the weekend with the Las Vegas Aces. That wasn't that great. Uh, nothing to this point has happened with conference realignment, but like we said last week, you're seeing a lot of reports kind of throwing stuff at the wall and see what sticks, but we'll certainly talk about some of the rumors, and we'll have uh, one of the Pac-12 network announcers on later on who's actually a Cal guy. I think that's one of the big things coming out of the weekend as I keep seeing all these rumors, and uh, Cal and Stanford don't seem to be involved in any of them, and it seems kind of weird with two historic institutions in the Pac-12 that they would just be left by the wayside. Let's do it. It's the three on Cofield and Company. So yeah, both conferences. We come out of uh, the weekend talking about the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and what's going to happen. Uh, will the Big Ten, will the SEC add more schools? And obviously it affects UNLV and the, the Mountain West. And by the way, later on we're going to talk to one of the Rebel football players, Adam Plant, who is a hometown hero from Bishop Gorman. That's coming up in about 35 minutes or so. But uh, yeah, both conferences come out with some news. Uh, the Pac-12 says, you know, board of directors says, Given the powers that be in the conference to go out and work on a new TV deal. Well, I mean, I'm sure they already were, uh, considering the fact that their TV deal is over after 2023. In similar fashion, Big 12 Brett, which just sounds like a fan of the Big 12 right now. It's the uh, the new commissioner there, Brett Yormack. So the Big 12 is exploring the addition of six current members of the Pac-12 to begin play in 24-25. Quote, we welcome the opportunity to elevate our conference both academically and athletically with the potential additions. Well, they'll be boosting it academically. I know that. Uh, the Big 12 is filled with a bunch of junior colleges, essentially. So they should be looking to the Pac-12 for academics. But we know in the end, that's not the most important thing. What is the most important thing, Willie? Because as we hash through all of this, and then we're trying to see like where the Mountain West Conference has a place, I will have to talk about Dangerous Danny, who sent out a tweet earlier that uh, just made no sense. I'll explain that in a couple minutes. Tease board. So remember, uh, for you, what what do you think is the most important thing that conferences are looking at? I, I thought it was clear. I thought it was TV. I thought it was TV markets. I I would assume that it was TV markets, TV money, um, prestige. With I mean, for if if you're going in sport priority, football obviously is is the top dog because um, that's generating your your television money, followed by men's basketball. And then from there, it's a free-for-all. But I, I guess it would depend on which conference also. Pac-12, I mean, women's basketball is pretty powerful there and down the road, or down the line. But, I, I mean, you would think it's TV money. And it doesn't shock me that the Big 12 commissioner is coming out and making a comment like this and a statement because we first, first it was two members exploring the possibility of also following to the Big 10. Then all of a sudden reports were, Four teams, possibly to the Big 12. Now, all of a sudden, it's six. I mean, it now all, all we're going to see at this point is a chess match, and it's yeah. just going to be a game. My question is, once the Big 12 pilfers whatever it is that they're going to pilfer to save their own ass, is do the, pack, do, do, do the remaining Pac-12 members form an alliance with the Mountain West, or does the Mountain West sort of dissipate and they join to recreate a new branded Pac-12? He can do that. I mean, this was the the tweet that was sent out by our buddy Danny. He's like, "Oh, they'll be Power Five. I'm like, "No, they won't. That'll no be shot. they'll be Power Four, and they'll be one of the stronger group of fives." Yeah, you're not automatically Power Five. Power Five is decided by one. Your inclusion in a playoff system, right there, one B is the TV money. If 
I mean, that's why the Pac-12 could be breaking up because Larry Scott, the mm-hmm. outgoing commissioner, was horrendous. They blew it by not grabbing Texas, Oklahoma like 10 years ago. And their TV money, while compared to what UNLV and San Diego State and Boise get, is amazing. They get north of $30 million. But we're looking at a new era down the road where each school in the SEC and Big Ten isn't going to get $100 million plus. ACC will probably check in if they can keep it together. ACC might be in the, in the same position. So we're kind of hashing through all of this. This week, just from a TV standpoint, I'll mention it again. The I don't I I don't necessarily know that the Pac-12 is the one that is going to get ripped apart. It could be the Big 12 the other could way. Be the I other way around. If it's TV people, I don't really see. If you have Phoenix, Denver, Salt Lake, San Francisco, Seattle, and Portland to offer, and the Big 12 is like, we've got Ames, Lubbock, Waco, Manhattan, Kansas, and Stillwater. Let's go. So I, I don't know. I don't know how all this works. Those, you know, some of those cities I mentioned, that, that's the only act in town, and they do spend a lot of money on football and the athletics department. So, um, again, throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks, the, the powers that be, um, these conversations must be fascinating right now because there, there's got to be a lot of school presidents and ADs and anyone else involved who's like, wait a second, I thought we were in this together. And now, it, you know, it feels like it's very much, hey, we're going to do whatever we have to do, even if we don't have a single partner going with us. We're doing what we need to do. You mentioned all those cities comparing the Pac-12 and and, and the and, and a major market that was missing from that list for obvious reasons. Now that USC is USC and UCLA are gone, is Southern California. Right. Uh, two very lucrative markets. You would think down the road in a couple of years, if you piece this together like the jigsaw puzzle, this has become Southern California. Oh, and Las Vegas, San Diego State, and UNLV. Um, the third name that always comes up or has been always, I should say, in the last week, Boise State. But we talked about this. I'm not sure that Boise, the, the market itself, the town itself, is enough to get that Pac-12 interest. If, if you're looking at lucrative markets and television money, Southern Cal, San Diego State, Las Vegas, UNLV. Yeah. Yeah, Boise, uh, market 112 ain't cutting it. Yeah. A little smaller. A lot smaller. A lot smaller. Uh, what do we got for VGK coming up here as we're uh, getting ready to roll out towards the new season? I know we do have uh, three preseason games that are confirmed, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. The, the teams have been rolling out their preseason schedule, and, you know, you play within your division. So I, right now the Golden Knights haven't announced anything, but Colorado's announced theirs, Arizona's announced theirs. So you're seeing the Golden Knights on their schedule. So we're getting bits and pieces from the other teams. So – the sixth and the se- uh, the sixth and the se- September twenty fifth and the September twenty eighth. Twenty fifth, they're at defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado. September twenty eighth, they will host the Colorado Avalanche, and then they're hosting Arizona October fourth. My question is, with as disappointing of a season as it was, a new coach, you know. I remember year two after the Stanley Cup loss. I remember after this, the disappointing loss to San Jose in that first round, that crazy seven-game series. Yeah. Come July, development camp, people yep. were geared up, tweets, the excitement. Everybody's excited about NBA Summer League, the Pac-12 breaking up, uh, the Raiders training camp starts. I'm not really hearing a lot of hype around town. Are people excited? Oh, that's a good question. Because I'm not seeing it. I follow the same people I followed five years ago. I wonder if it's just tough to get excited because everybody's sort of waiting to see new coach, what's going to happen, all these injuries. 
Who's signing who? I I I think this is I think this there's is, a lot of question marks. This is marks. natural after super excitement, you know, going into year one with an expansion team. Year two was incredible because you made it to the Stanley Cup. You know, the COVID year was a little bit weird, but they didn't make the playoffs. Now they've changed the coach for the third time. Like you said, there's questions with the goalie situation, and they're not a guaranteed winning team. I, I know they're a top five team by the sports books right. to win the Stanley Cup, but we're kind of settling in now, like, hey, this is Normal for a sports city with a professional major league franchise. Either you're hyped or just like, eh, another year's on the way. I think that's that's where we're we're at right now. Weird, for, right? Yeah. You're sick. Although some some will say very predictable. Well, the that de- they saw this coming. Sure. I mean, you had to. I mean, we all said it. Well, and in this Sitting town, pre- and the, well, in this town we all had, meaning press and, row, like yeah. wait till you we guys, lose you a guys, year. You guys have talked about it. Yep. And Adam Hill talked about it from the get-go. Yep. And this is a town that you win at the highest level or they potentially move on to something else that's that's new. Hello, Runner Rebels. Well, they gotta <laughs> they gotta win at a much higher level to well, even no, compete. I'm saying, what I'm saying is that that's that's what they went through. Or that's what they're still going through. Right? And 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 it took however many years. Yeah. People people were hyped up about UNLV and, and the basketball team, but pro sports come along and now it's just ho hum. They'll wait. September will come, and City National will be packed. The fans will go out there for practice. I think your diehards train. will be there. Yeah, they'll be there. But uh, it's just that I remember during the summer, man. It was there was people were hyped up. The local beat writers would tweet something, and I'm sure some of them are still getting certain reactions. But I'm just not seeing a lot of the same excitement that I have in the past in July. Um, for this team, and I just wonder if it's the infusion of a lot of other things. And let's, hey, you know what? All due respect, I mentioned everything else Raiders, NBA, Las Vegas Aces, struggling a little bit, but they're one of the top teams in the WNBA, and those crowds have gotten even more energetic each game. Got a big game coming up tomorrow. So, I mean, there's a lot of other focal points for the local fans. What's your vibe coming into this week? I feel like because of the obvious over the weekend, this Fourth of July weekend was weird, and coming out of it is a bit is a little bit of a bummer. Um, And now, one of my favorite sports stories unfolded, and it had even more zest this year with a hot dog eating contest. Now we didn't get into it a whole bunch leading you know leading into the event. You remember we used to do pregame shows and all that stuff. Um, we're watching a guy just, you know, rewrite history every time out. Chestnut goes in this time with a bum right leg, walking in a boot on crutches. Then during the event, some protester bum rushes him and George Shea, the head of MLE, Major League Eating, and Ch- Chestnut goes like freaking full MMA. How quick was he in deciding that, you know what, it's time to choke someone? Quick little chokehold for him. Well, yeah, you know what, actually, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give credit to the protester. I think he's been in chokeholds before. He got out quick. He ducked and went to the ground, and he's like, all right, George Shea, let's go. I'm in my guard, you know, MMA guard. Come down. Let's go. Let's see if you can handle me down here, old man. And then I guess he got dragged off the stage. But Chestnut did not have a reversal. During the choke, he put a choke on another man, did not spit out the hot dog. That's which actually would have disqualified him, I think. I think it would have disqualified him. Let's build on this because this is the most important topic of the day. America needs a hero, and he once again stepped up. Rafael Nadal, 14 French Opens, Chestnut's got 15. 15.
mustard belts. Hallelujah. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. You guys in it to win it, or is it the first target just to get past the third round where Serena and Andy came a cropper? What kind of question is that? We're we're in it for a stroll. Like, come on. Are you here for the experience, or are you going to go all the way? You going to write a good article, or just halfway decent? (laughs) (laughs) I'll do what I usually do. That's two. (laughs) Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Interesting. Poorly phrased question. I think I know what he was getting at. Do you think you actually have a chance to win? Of course, they're going to say yes. That was Venus Williams. I loved her answer. I loved her answer just like, you know, because it was so nonchalant in the way that he said it. The first part, I totally got her response, you know. What does that mean? I mean, you know, no, we're just going to kind of cruise through it and coast. No, are you going to write? You going to write a good article? You going to write a half one, half you know, half effort? It's- well, I think the comparison's kind of stupid though. Is have you become a worse writer as you get older? You do become a worse tennis player generally as you get to a certain age and beyond. No, but I think that he his his point was like, are you happy just to yeah. be here? Yeah. Is this just an appearance? or Are you trying to win? Yeah. Well, why wouldn't she be trying to win? Yeah. Of course she's it's trying Venus to win. Williams. She. They probably have no chance. Right. Well, Serena doesn't. We know that already. I dug it. It was good banter. Yeah, good back it's and forth. Always good to have banter. Yeah, brings a little brings a little spotlight to the. Well, and well, it doesn't matter now because they're out. These things happen. We were saying last week that Serena, you know, by herself is as accomplished as any female athlete in the history of all sports. Yes, because to be this competitive this late in your tennis career, like it's just never happened. She's my goat. As far You're as you like in all sports. All sports, female athletes. She's, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Serena Williams is the greatest female athlete in the history of athletics. Who's another candidate? Did you make a whole list? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> we'll, have that, we'll do <laughs> tease for Thursday. I'll have my I'll have my top five for you. Were you bogged down this weekend with heavy food? How was your Fourth of July eating barbecuing? You said no fireworks. You favor. Barbecuing over the fireworks. I saw a lot of anti, a lot of anti-fireworks stuff. It's getting stronger and stronger. The people out there who are annoyed by bombs going off until the middle of the night. It 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 it, it was loud last night in my it backyard. It, my yeah. backyard. Yeah, I was when disappointed. I got home, my neighbor when across I got the way. They usually do a massive show. Um, you, you usually, uh, like I said a couple years ago, they blew up a tree. Yeah. Um, like we were all getting ready to. Go. I, I walk out front. I'm like, where is everybody? Not there. I guess they moved it. We'll have to find out. Bummer. I went to a friend's on the other side of town. Um, some old school, old school, old school friends, and uh, and his house is situated in a community where you know out in the front where they do the the fireworks, and then just beyond it's it's just off the two fifteen. So, but on the other side is the Green Valley Ranch. So they try to time it and do their little display with the kids and grandkids around eight fifteen, and then at nine o'clock Green Valley Ranch. But I here's here was wild. I left their house at right when they finished. Driving from 215 all the way out to the northwest, I mean, to watch, it wasn't just driving toward the strip and seeing the fireworks display above the strip and the different casinos or whoever was blowing them off. I mean, get to the 95, to the fifth, or, uh, 215, to the 15, to the 95. Every turn that I took, every freeway, there was a community oh, yeah. with sky-high fireworks. Like real fireworks. 
Yes, yep, driving to the northwest. It was on each side, like <laughs> oh, every, the like every the noise. direction and around around my house. I could look to yeah. the right, all the way to the left. There was five different giant displays. Well, going the on. wild thing was the noise barriers. Those wall the, the walls that they build to to you know to to buffer the freeway to the homes. Mm-hmm. You're just driving. All of a sudden, you just see one shoot up, boop, just above the freeway, the other side. It was crazy. The whole show. I had a fireworks show the whole drive home. Where was the, your dog? The, Kahlua was at home. Um, I had left him at home with a big meal, and then uh, I bought a, 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 a beef shank with the bone marrow in the middle. So I had carved that out and left that with him. to Just get keep, him to concentrate on eating? Yeah, keep Kinda him like busy. Kind of like the rest of us, right? Distract us with food? Yeah. So when I got home... I usually don't pay attention to anything else once there's a you know, big spread in front of me. When I got home, I, I let him out back, and they, like I said, the neighborhood across the back alley and... Like this little walkway. Anyway, um, there it was. It was. It was loud, and it, it got to him. Last year, I don't remember. Oh, last year I was in California. Jordan and I went to California, did a little road trip, and we were at Laguna on the uh, for the fourth. So not a lot of noise. He 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 was he was shaking a little bit. But the thing is, I'm not one. I'm well. You know what? I'm not. I'm not one of the people that go onto social media and go. Thanks a lot for scaring my dog. Yes, because the people that are living around me, firing them off, they must follow me and hear me. I, 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 I mean, I get a kick out of the people that oh post boy. Are compl- you on Thursday? Yeah. Uh, we're going to bring this up with Brad Powers. He was all mad last night. He had multiple tweets that fireworks are just overrated. You know, kids and dogs are afraid of them. Like, I don't have either, so I don't care. Galua was here. Here's the thing. I'm being a little crass. I don't want to see dogs freaking out. But no, he, he, our, he, he, our, our unmanly cats just sauntered around the house. They were like, yeah, okay, whatever. He, uh, Don't care. He he was he he started shaking and he he jumped up and and, and Dachshund's burrow. So he was under the blankets. He already goes under there, but he was under there and I could feel him shaking. And what I didn't want is him to get nervous stomach. So I I had some from from when he got neutered. He I still had some sedation pills. So I split okay. one in half. I gave him and he was out with it. I, you I get one of those it. one of those trank darts yeah. from uh, what was that old school? Yeah. Then Will Ferrell take a take a trank dart to to the neck and then I fell gave in the pool him, uh, and he was out and then. We woke up at I don't know twelve thirty, and there I got go. a text from you, and then I was, and we went right back to sleep. I do that on purpose. Yeah, I just try to wake you up in the middle of the night. I know you get up at like two in the morning, yeah. going to bed at one thirty. I'm like, hey, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> Did you so boycott I, hot dogs because of the uh, the protester who was getting after Smithfield? Did you make a decision once you saw that guy get up there in his uh, Darth Vader outfit? And that was it. Willie's like, I'm not eating hot dogs. I'm going to honor this. The hell with Joey Chestnut. No. I'm anti-hot dog. I'm just anti-hot dog. I just think they're nasty. I do not think. I, uh, hot dogs and bologna are the same. They're just, they're just a bunch of crap thrown together, processed, and put with some, in With some spices. Yeah, yeah terrible. I, I can't do it. I love it. But at my friend's house, there was, and yes, as I read these off, I'm reading from a list of everything that I had on my plate. I had chicken. I had ribs. I had a hot link. I had a cheeseburger. Wow. Green beans. This is the whole weekend or one 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 barbecue? Yesterday. Wow, you were carb loading. I like it. Baked beans. Nice job. Watermelon. What was the best thing? Chocolate cake oh. and chocolate ice cream. Okay. What was the best thing? Chocolate ice cream? Hot links? 
the hot link was good. Which, by the way, are we really going to smear the good name of the hot dog and then go after, <laughs> go and chomp different. down a hot link? It's different because if you, if you're, if, like, I know whose house I was at. There were quality hot links. It's okay, not like, so you, don't like crap. it's not, yeah, it's not like, it's not the package that's sitting right next to the hot dogs and the time, and they're just spicy hot dogs. No, these are big, nice, big beef hot links. Quality, expensive, solid. You trust them. Absolutely. I think you're making it sound like you wouldn't trust me with a hot link. No, you'd be like, I got a hot link. I, I could tell. I could tell. You. I could open it up and I'll open up the well, steamer you know. or whatever, and I would know. You but you, the chicken, you know, was, with me, it's, it's I, usually going to be clearance. I went home right on the edge of going bad. It was funny. They said, "Listen, do you, <laughs> do you, Willie? Do you want? Do you want to take something home?" I said, "Get the Ziploc." So we got the gallon of Ziploc out, and all I grabbed was chicken and ribs. He said, "That's all you want?" I said, "I just need protein. That's all I need. I got the I got the sides at home." So I, 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 so I, after lifting today, before I came in, I had my protein. Nice. I had fried chicken, chicken tacos, got pizza from a new pizza place, garlic knots, queso, some salad, macaroni salad, rotini salad, and uh, I didn't have any fancy dessert. We just had what we have in the house. So uh, those were animal crackers. Sounds like some good, wholesome American food on the 4th of July. I mean, it wasn't, <laughs> no, there's no hot dog in there. So you can, you can get after me oh, for, it's for Itali- not having the dogs. Italiano. I know. Sad. Very sad. Let's do a giveaway right now. 364-1100-364-1100. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. Everyone right here is a part of a family right now. We're building a community. We had fun together. We're about to break bread together. So I just want to let you know that it means a lot, you guys, to be out here and just having fun this summer. So if I have any advice for this whole summer when you guys are going through it, be a good kid first. First and foremost, do the right thing. Be a good kid. Put a smile on your face, the love in your heart, and make sure that you tell somebody you love them. Whether they brought you here today, whether they're here with you and they're a brother, a friend, someone that's in the in the system with you, make sure that you're being a good kid and you're bringing someone along with them, all right? Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Alec Engel, former Raider, a product of the foster system. Yeah. Speaking to a bunch of foster kids, and good message there. You know what? Be nice to each other. Be a kid. Have a smile on your face. From this show. From this show, we echo the same message. But that that is really cool. It was. And it was. I like to see that. I like to see the players. I don't think – I think a lot of players realize that it's important. Um, maybe not enough of them. The, Ra- the Raiders and former Raiders do a wonderful job in terms of charity. But it's a big deal for kids, you know, to to get an NFL player talking to them. Yeah, this, this was a couple of weeks ago out at um... – out at the Las Vegas Sports Park, they transformed it and sort of just turned it into a, a get-together. You know, uh, f- former Raiders player and Super Bowl champ Rod Martin, um, current punter A.J. Cole, the Palo High varsity football team, Coach Joe Asneris, um, long line of Asneris, by the way, in town. Good, good long time. So, um, and it just a good community outreach. And like you said, Alex Engel, you know, he really did like Las Vegas, and of course now he's with Miami. But I'm guessing that he he's made this his off season home, and he's going to stay here because, you know, he 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 loved going out to to the. He would always you'd see him at Golden Knights games, you'd see at Aviators games. He didn't mind doing community outreach stuff. So it, you know, this was this was cool to see. Um, foster youth ranging from third to eighth grade attending the help of a nonprofit organization raise the future. Um, really cool experience, you know, for all the children and learning from NFL professionals, going through a little bit of a camp and and then just hearing that sort of stuff, you know, from from these legends, if you will, um, not just on techniques and practices and 
and and and or and you know how to practice and how to drill and how to play the game, but etiquette, you know, on the field and off the field. It's good. I like that. I like that. Good exchange earlier with Venus and a reporter. Get to celebrate the Williams sisters a little bit. We're coming out of a weekend that was kind of a, a weird weekend. You know, I mentioned we the, the hero we needed yeah. came up big and almost uh, choked someone out yeah. in, in Joey Chestnut. I love this quick speech. I am not part of this system of youth sports, right? I don't coach. I don't have kids. But I see some of the stuff that's going on, especially the attacks on umpires, you know, and fights at events. And Frank Martin, the UMass coach who was at South Carolina, was at K-State, really outspoken guy. He's doing press availability, and he starts out by saying, he's like, listen, he's like, anyone who's watched me, they know. I'm as animated as anyone there is in sports on the sidelines. Like, I, I get crazy. But then he transitioned to, man, I'm going out to watch my kids in youth sports. What is going on with you people? I go watch my kids play. I don't say boo. I don't wave my arms. I don't try to coach my kids. With all due respect to most parents out there, I probably know more about basketball than most of them. But I sit in the stands and I don't say a word. There's two guys refereeing a fourth grade game on a Sunday morning. What can they possibly be making? 20 bucks a game? I used to do that. I used to make $12 for 10 and under. So on a Sunday morning, instead of being in church, those guys are out there trying to make a couple bucks. Do you think they really care what fourth grade team wins? Do you really think that they like sat at home and said, I can't wait to officiate that game tomorrow because that one team, I can't wait to get that 10-year-old kid and embarrass them in front of people. Do you really think that's what they're doing? I mean, I would as an official, but uh, I'm a different kind of person. I'm kidding. You but there are, li- there are liter- liter- literally people right now who go to games and they get so hyped up about their kid, they're going and punching out. In some cases, like freaking 70-year-old umpires. What? What is wrong? I was on the board at two little leagues here in town. Yeah. So yeah. what was that like? Uh, do I name them? No, you don't have to. But here, here's the thing: two different. I, I, I think, what, I think most of th- I think most of youth sports things are going okay, and we get the worst stories. Or is it worse than I think? It's worse than you think. Really, it's that yeah. bad. Uh, the 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 first one I was on was fantastic. I felt as if that little league was in for the kids, in for the best of the kids. They're all competitive. They all want to bring out the best in, and and it was in an area where they were producing. They produced some major leaguers, um, and it was you know highly competitive. And then I moved, and entirely different philosophies of parents, entirely different philosophies <laughs> of board members. Um, they were I I can tell you for I can tell you in all honesty that the year after Jordan. Uh, when he moved up to the juniors division, which is you go to, that's when you're on the 90 foot fields. Some of the kids that I coached prior to that, that were still in majors. Um, one of the best kids in the league, hands down, was a female. She was boycotted for all stars, yet she was easily one of the best. And they said, and their their argument was, um, if if she gets. If she's in the field of play and gets beamed by a line drive that comes off the bat of so-and-so, um, it won't be pretty. And this is somebody who went on to play for the USA women's baseball team. Now, it wasn't an Olympic sport at the time, but they had an Olympic team right. to go play in the World Cup. This was, this was a phenomenal athlete. And they just were very competitive, and they were very uh, they showed a lot of favoritism. And, and yes, they're the, you know, the parents... 
there were times where it got really ugly. So it's it it I think it depends on who you're playing with. I think it depends on who's leading what league. Um, some leagues are in it. Like I said, they're all competitive. Everybody wants to. Everybody starts the year thinking we have the best teams with the best all stars. We can go to Williamsport this year. These are kids. Don't forget that. And some of these leagues, I can tell you, some of the little leagues, I don't know about anymore. I mean, Jordan's 26. We're talking about when he was 10, 11, 12 years old, 14 years ago. But back then, I can only imagine how, how, how more competitive it's gotten. I don't try to tell my kid how they should play. You know what I told my two boys when they come ask me? Why are you asking me, man? I didn't run your practice. Go talk to your coach. But don't talk about your coach in front of me, man. Because if you are, then you're not playing basketball. You don't understand why you didn't play better? Go talk to your coach. I'm not your coach. I'm your dad. Somebody disrespects you, then I'm here. If you fail, good. Deal with it. I'm going to help you get up. But don't come talk to me about coaching. You think those coaches coaching fourth grade kids are making any money? So there's someone that's giving of their personal time on a Sunday for free to help other people's children. We're going to have the adults in the stands yelling obscenities at the officials, criticizing every decision the coach makes, yelling at the kids like the kids, they're 10 years old, man. There you go. Frank Martin, UMass coach, not happy with what he was seeing during some youth sports. We've gotten a little crazy. I'll tell you a quick, a really quick, real quick. So when I was coaching, the very first thing that you draft your team, very first thing I would do was I would hold a team Almost like a banquet, a postseason banquet. I do it before, and it was at this cool Italian place that was right by, uh, right by the fields, and it was in sort of an upscale Peter Piper Chuck E. Cheese. You know, it had the arcade, but they had really good Italian food. So the kids would come in, they would play. Afterwards, we'd meet, we'd sit down as a group, parents. We'd go through the. T- I hand out a team booklet, team rules, parent rules. I have parent rules yeah. on the back page. All right. Can't do this. Got to do this. Make sure you're on time. Don't be sweep, swooping in with a bag of McDonald's talking about, sorry, we're late. No. Don't bring Gatorade that's full of sugar. Bring water. Bring propel. Yeah, this bring guy. This. Yeah. But, but here's the other thing. Coach Willie. Here was the main reason I did it this way. What happens if the best player, who happens to be the best player, and the kid who's number 13, and I never would use the word worst back then, Whoever is like that 13th player, mm-hmm. you get 13 on the right, but you got the best player. Let's say that at that little preseason banquet, they hit it off because they had so much in common in school and video games and they played. Now we get out to the field, and now you see what everyone could do. That number one kid is more likely then to go help that number 13 and be by his side. Yeah, if bonding. you do it first, now the other league that I went to, oh. They're 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 placing kids on team. They're they're <laughs> fixing the draft. I've been in those board meetings on that other league. Let me tell you, entirely different. Did you ever have someone get froggy with you? Apparently, no. Uh, no, no, because I was always about the kids. Right. I was always about the kids. If we win, we win. But it was always about the kids. Everybody got a shot. It was more competitive in the other one, and I always had some of the other coaches that had been in that league. They were. I was either their assistant. They were my assistant. But. It ended pretty quick. I mean, he I think he spent two, three years in that league, and then he played some club ball, and then when he got to high school, he he, he wrestled. So I I it was it, I can tell you this. Jordan loved baseball. Loved it. Absolutely hands down loved it. When we went when we moved to the other area, it soured him on baseball. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. 
Abbott now back to pass. The true freshman looking to run it, and he gets just <laughs> drilled by Adam Plant. Welcome to the game, rookie. Adam planted him. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Talk a little UNLV football as we're getting ready for the uh, opening of camp here pretty soon. First game going down on August 27th. We talked to uh, Eric Harper, the AD, on Friday for UNLV. He's real excited. And I think the guys are excited based on what I saw in the spring showcase and then also uh, during the spring. And it's going to be a lot of new faces, a lot of new faces. But one of the familiar faces is Adam Plant, hometown hero, Bishop Gorman guy. He's up with Willie and Cofield here on this Tuesday. How are you, sir? Doing great. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. So what have you been up to for the last couple of weeks? You, you guys really only have a little bit of downtime. So what have you been doing with your time? Oh, man, we've been getting at it. We've been grinding every day. We've been putting in the work. Um, me and my guys, we made a mission. Uh, me personally, I made a mission for myself and set out to make sure I dedicated the whole summer to football and to this team. And I've been doing that ever since. You come from, Adam, you come from, from a regime at Gorman, though, where, you know, a week after dominating during those three undefeated seasons and then going in and then winning, you know, the state titles that, you know, the Sanchez brothers, I mean, they instilled something where, hey, okay, you've had a week to, to relish and celebrate, and it's back to work. The next season starts like a week or two after. Do you still have that same mentality and sort of – do you ever sort of reach deep inside and bring that gata mentality to your UNLV career? Yeah, absolutely. The gata mentality has been instilled in me since freshman year of high school. I mean, even before that, just instilled with me from my parents. You know, I've watched them work hard every day since they made me. So that was nothing short of uh, what I was used to. But I think um, overall, I'm used to just not having you know that much time with break. Um, I think my body's been equipped to it. So you know, after about a week, I feel a little sluggish. I'm like, okay, it's time to get back to work. No more sitting around. So I'm pretty used to it by now. It's Adam Plant, uh, outside linebacker for UNLV football. Uh, Rebels open up on August 27th, so basically uh, seven weeks away against Idaho State. At Allegiant. All right, let's talk some weight training here. I'm not the expert. Willie is. Willie lifts just about every day. Last time I saw you was about a month ago out at spring, and you told me, you know, because you, you know, visibly you're a bigger guy. So now where are you weight-wise? I'm about 260 right now. Okay. And is that the goal, or is there, a, is there an upper limit you want to get to? Uh, no, that's about to go right now. I'm moving very well right now, but my weight fluctuates anywhere between 255 to 260, so that's probably going to be my uh playing weight this season, so it's been pretty good. I feel great. So how'd you do that? Uh, my mom, she had a meal prep for me for a countless amount of months and weeks in preparation from just fruits, vegetables, chicken and rice, uh, water, parfaits, uh, the whole nine. So, you know, my, my mom, my dad, they made sure that I had everything I needed, so they were me every step of the way. And then, of course, the nutrition here at UNLV, I mean, it was a double weight, so I had no choice but to be great. How annoying was last season for you since, you know, you got uh, you had the foot injury probably midway through the season. I remember seeing you, you know, uh, down at UTSA, and then, you, you know, you eventually came back. Were, were you ever right? Um, You know, eventually I, got, I, got, I was right. Um, I don't think once the season starts, I don't think any player that plays hard yeah. is going to be 100%, you know, once that first snap happens. Uh, of course, we try to be, you know, as close to perfect as we can as far as injury prevention, but for me, you know, I, it wasn't nagging me as much as it used to, and I felt that, you know, if I can tape it, if I can run with it, I'll be all good to go. So uh, towards the end of the season, as I progressed and as I got into, I got more rehab and got more strength to it, you know, it didn't bother me as much. But initially, yeah, it was something I needed to get taken care of. So when you have an injury like that, right, and then, and then 
you you come to the off season and now you're concentrating on your nutrition. You have to maintain the weight, but you want to also build lean muscle mass, but you also want to build around and maybe get some proprioception work on your feet, you know, in and around your ankles so you're not re-injuring things. What on top of your garden variety compound movement, squat, deadlift, bench, your workouts, your plyometrics, what else do you personally try to do to build around those muscles and, and sort of make sure that you're, you know, are you doing any other type of training? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I was doing a position-based training at a facility called Five Star Academy here uh, in Las Vegas, and I also was doing a lot of my strength and conditioning work um, with my coach, uh, Shava, at uh, Game Changers. So what I've really been focusing on is, like, a lot of my quick twitch movement, my mobility, just little small kinks in between, like you were saying, with my ankle, my feet, more like my hands, my shoulders, and everything. Just trying to you know, find those little quick twitch muscles and keep get those as strong as possible. So when the overall aspect, the overall spectrum of the body happens, and you do those big movements like cleans and squats and bench, yep. you know you feel you feel extra, you feel extra. So when you get to the last few reps, you know those little muscles they start to kick in, and you start to see the big difference. So I've been doing a lot of more um, resistance training, okay, as far as with bands and stuff, a yep. lot more mobility stuff, a lot of the things with my balance. And um, just make like quick moving direction, box jumps, a lot of calisthenics, a lot of um, a lot of dumbbell work, a lot of single arm, single leg work, just to help out get the strength up even more with each side. So that's been a big emphasis for sure. Well, I know that band work is huge, and I can never think of the name of the. It's a it's a platform that has all these bands on it. It's like a five six thousand dollar platform and i know they had it at, uh, at the physical therapy place that i go to so I'm, i can only imagine what they have for your facility but let's talk you talk about doing some position work i, I believe you attended the von miller camp correct yes absolutely How, how'd that go for you oh uh, it was amazing you know von miller has been nothing short of a big brother to me you know he's a great guy somebody i've watched since i was a kid growing up and just seeing him dominate the nfl and to have somebody of that high caliber and just the various guys they had there match crosby chandler jones uh, DeMarcus Ware, just having that much knowledge on the field, Cameron Jordan, it was just like amazing to see and just to soak all that in. And I, it was amazing. It was like being in defensive end heaven. They, uh, those guys show a lot of their, you know, signature pass rush moves. How hard are those moves to learn? Um, it's really not difficult. It's more so of just getting the, the muscle memory down of it and just, Constantly working at it because, you know, the more you work at something, you always want to adapt more to it. You always going to be able to get better at it. That's what anything. So it's not anything difficult. It's not anything that's crazy or extenuating on the body. It's really just simple movement, but it's just your body's just so used to it and you work the muscle memory so much that it becomes second nature. So you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, and Adam Plant's with us, one of the uh, outside linebackers in the uh, 3 4 for this UNLV defense. You mentioned that, you know, you've been working recently. Um, how much of the team is together now? And I guess more importantly, uh, the coaching staff basically had a third recruiting period where they had, I think they added 13 or 14 new players and a lot of guys on defense. So are some of those guys in? And I, I wonder the adjustment for them because they're going to have to get into it quick. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've had a lot of guys uh, since the end of spring ball until now. We've had a various amount of players, uh, offense and defense that came in, uh, along with special teams as well. Um Everybody's been very brought in. Everybody's uh, brought into what we instilled in us from the beginning of the summer, from the beginning of the year. And I think a lot of these guys are doing a great job of what they're doing, the programs that they came from beforehand, the habits that they built beforehand. They got here, you know, it all comes together, and we're able to learn from them. They're able to learn from us. At the end of the day, we all know we're one big brotherhood. 
Adam, talk about some of the guys at that position that are pushing you because I, I remember sitting there during the spring and I'm like, man, this uh, this outside linebacker group is a little bit thin in terms of depth, and I know they added a bunch of players. So who's kind of pushing you guys now? Uh, my guy, Isaiah Sells, that came from Missouri State, he's been a very hard worker for us. Uh, LaShawn Bill, Oseg, Bosse, Seth Robinson, uh, guys that have been here for multiple years that have been putting in countless work, countless hours that – not only help out in our position group, but also on the special teams uh, aspect. As a scout team, anything that you need done, like these guys are, just, they put their head down, they just go to work. So, you know, I'm very, uh, very blessed to have those guys in my position group. Uh, along with Brandon Scott, you know, although he went down, just, you know, having his spirit around us and just having, you know, his voice, you know, he's a great guy to be around, you know, young guy, but, you know, he's a uh, light years away ahead from where he's going to be. Yeah, a little behind you on defense, I keep hearing about Jare Williams. Yeah, Dre Dre is is a second coming of Tyron Matthew. Like that man is fast. He moves quick and he talks even quicker. So that's what I love about him. Man. He's a great person. So your mission on defense now, you got a new defensive coordinator. You know, Willie and I were talking talking during the break and before the interview about all the close games last year. Do you kind of feel, you know, you guys raise your level just a little bit this year? All of a sudden you turn a lot of those games that you lost inside of eight points into wins? Yeah, um, you know a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of the talks that we had as a team towards the end of the year and after the season was just uh, you know the little mistakes you know at the end of the game or clutch situations that we didn't capitalize on. That was the small difference between us being two and ten and being eight and four. And this, you know, it's never nothing very extenuous. It's just in certain situations or certain points in time we shot ourselves in the foot rather than executing the call or executing the play on defense. Yeah, I so thought. I think, uh, yeah, I think now we. Uh, we have a lot more maturity. We have a lot more trust amongst each other. So I think now that we're able to not have that little gray area in between us and be able just to move full speed, I think it's, it's going to see a lot of people are going to see a big difference between us from last year to this year. Yeah, and I think some confidence can be built off of it. I'm sure you guys will watch the film a lot. You guys had a lot of uh, fourth, you know, down stops, a lot of fourth and short. I mean, there I think it was actually it was that UTSA game, like on the goal line, just stopping Sincere McCormick over and over and over again. And I thought the, I thought that was one of the areas that you guys grew as much as anywhere. The guys inside, uh, you know, the, the big dudes, uh, LEL, Ahimere improved a lot. Malakius is very good. Even a smaller guy like Naki Fahina, I mean, they set the tone. Oh, yeah, definitely. Those guys, they, they are the strongest guys on the team as well. So, you know, they're, they're the hogs up front. They go to work every day. So I'm happy to have those guys. So, Adam, I got to ask you, this is, a, this, is a, this is a football program that started – you know, in your beginning of your college career, but it was you know, sort of under the watch of a Gorman heart, Tony Sanchez, and now with Marcus. On on Steve, to feed off Steve's question about you know the close losses and bonding and those meetings you had, was there a sense by the end of the season that you felt you weren't just playing for one another, but you were actually playing for Coach Arroyo? And is this his team now, or is everyone bought into the philosophy in his philosophy? And is this one whole co- cohesive unit? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, we have a we have a coach like that, a young coach that comes in, and he does nothing but sacrifice day and night. And everybody on the staff sacrifices day and night for us, and they just want to see us be the best that we possibly can. You know, it's only right that you want to play for somebody like that, and it makes you go out there and play even harder, especially when you know that you can depend on the brother for the right left of you. Then you know that the men that you're taking your orders from is a true leader and a great person. So, I think everybody's been brought in from day one. I know I was so you know from the moment that I talked to him. We really sat down and had a, a great conversation in the recruiting process, and three years later, it's been nothing but great. But nothing showed the success for us, you know. Even though, even though it may not look like it from a winning perspective as far as how we've been performing, but 
on overall to see how where we came from, from where we started to where we are now, we're it's a full three sixty. Adam, we appreciate it. Thank you for the time. We'll see you in a few weeks, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you. There he is, Adam Plant, outside linebacker, one of the experienced players coming back. Bigger, stronger at 6'5 and 260 now, and now the really the whole mission for the defense is get better and also stay healthy, and hopefully they have a lot more depth, so if anyone does go down, they're good to go.